0: Hey, everybody, on here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like beatboxing. That wasn't very good, but I just, I couldn't think of something, so I just did that. <laughs> you know, today I learned, just a random little aside before we get into the show. Um, today I learned that James Earl Jones, when he was recording Darth Vader lines, like he I think it was like less than a day that he recorded the lines. Uh don't take that part literally cuz I don't remember how long it was, but it wasn't very long that he took to record the lines and um only made 7500 bucks for the job and that was it. I don't know if he collected royalties. I'm sure he's made a ton more money based on Star Wars alone, but I just thought that was really interesting cuz I mean at the time when Star Wars was coming out like there was not they didn't know that it was going to be a success, which is fascinating on its own. Like it's, it's, I just, it's gotta be amazing to have been in the chair writing star Wars and then creating it and then going through this whole process. And then years later, 40 plus years later, it's something that has been just like this cultural phenomenon. And um, I just, I can't even, I can't even fathom it. We're going to move on because I just can't, I can't handle it today. (laughs) Um, Today in again, that was just completely not related to what we're talking about today. Um, (laughs) We're talking about male to male abuse today. I'm going to do my best to try to talk about this. This is sort of like, um, because there, there's some stuff coming out every so often about, you know, kind of the male version of the me too movement. There were a lot of men who were abused by, older men, um, when they were child actors, um, you know, the Me Too movement has been largely focused on Hollywood and what's going on there, but there's more, obviously more to it. And, um, I want to talk about more of like the everyday stuff that men sort of do to each other that can be seen as abusive. Um, and particularly like the, the, I don't even know how to put it. I was going to say homoerotic, but that's not, that's not the right term. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about like, you know, just like men's like kind of sexual play towards each other, you know, like a little love tap on the butt or like the tap on the balls thing, you know, like that sort of stuff. And especially in school when there's like bullying and stuff, you know, how that sort of thing is abusive. And there's also like this Brendan Fraser story that I had that he was talking about um, his version of the Me Too stuff. So I don't know. We're going we're just gonna stumble through this episode, but we're gonna do our best. So this is male to male abuse, Me Too for men. I guess I don't know. Whatever. Let's hit the thing. Drums, please. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. Um, As I stated in the intro, we're going to just probably end up fumbling through this episode, but it's something I've been thinking about uh, uh, for a little bit. And it's, it's something that I want to talk about because it's like, it's, it's something that's kind of still in its early incarnation, you know, as like the Me Too movement for women obviously is very natural in terms of the way that society has been going. And it's really great that people are able to speak up and that we're able to uh, essentially socially punish people for their atrocities. And, um, you know, certainly plenty of people have deserved it for the things that they've done. There are still, unfortunately people that are getting away with rape, they're getting away with sexual abuse, getting away with a lot of things. And, um, this is not necessarily meant as a social commentary on any of that stuff. Like I am not educated enough to really uh, uh to on, on the topic or what's going on to really give a opinion on that. But like, that's not my point is like, I don't want to give opinions on that stuff, but I want to create or be a part of this awareness that there's a male perspective as well. And I don't mean that as a way to rob from the female perspective because that movement is amazing. And I want that to continue. And not that I have a say on whether or not it continues, but the idea is that I want to bring up the thought that there are little things in everyday life that, um, that, that men kind of do to each other, or even women do to young men that can be seen as like, you know, abusive and weird when it comes to the male experience, um, specifically male to male abuse when it comes to, especially when you're younger, you know, your kids and you're playing around and you're hitting each other and you're like, start like mooning each other, which I think is always the weirdest thing or like farting on each other. Like I was never that kind of dude. So I don't understand why that's like a culturally accepted thing for kids to do. Um, You know, there have been, I've been in scenarios where dudes are like showing their junk to each other. Like what the hell is going on? Like, I don't want to see that stuff and I don't want to feel pressured to feel like I have to show you my junk. Like what the hell is going on? And I know that's not indicative of the normal experience, but that happens with kids sometimes. Like when they're with each other out playing, they start talking about that stuff and they, they do that stuff. Like it's crazy. Um, So it's important to talk to your kids about what's going on. But there's also the other perspective of like, you know, men, not the other perspective, but there's another angle to think about it with like men think about their I shouldn't say men think about, but like we treat little kids genitalia as like a joke <laughs> and then they get older and like they play with it or they show it to someone else. And they're just like, ah, look at my ding ting, And you're just like, why are you showing other kids your ding ding? And it's like, cause my parents said it and it was cute. <laughs> like that's not anyway. It's, you know, we kind of, we're of make the male sexual experience kind of a joke. And I don't, I don't know. Something about that feels wrong to me. I haven't figured out like an answer to that, but it's just something I want to like kind of pontificate about and talk about. Um, and you know, okay. So we're going to, we're going to pull back on this abuse train a little bit. Um, and just to be fair, I'm probably going to think a little bit harder on this episode or on this topic and come back with it in the future. But, um, there's this article that I read, um, It was on like Mel Magazine. It was Brendan Fraser's Me Too story and why more male victims don't speak out. So I'm just going to like read this a little bit more literally. I feel like I recorded this episode before, but I guess I didn't. (laughs) So we're going to do this. Um, So just a heads up, I did not write this article. I'm going to try to read it verbatim and maybe um, um, comment on it a little bit and sort of separate my opinion from the Uh, the writer's opinion, because sometimes the writer gets into a little bit of like, not all men kind of way. And I don't really appreciate that. But there are some definitely some solid points in here to talk about. So and there's a reason I saved it. It was a while ago, but there's a reason I saved it. So um, let's um, actually I'm going to take a quick break. And then we're going to read this. Okay. Yeah. So I, I named that last segment sexual playfulness and I didn't really expound upon it as much as I would really like to, um, when I recorded it. So I'll talk a little bit first here, but, um, you know, again, again, with like little boys, like just kind of like teasing each other and playing and like mooning and touching things and like hitting things and like, you know, Rochambeau and like hit the balls and stuff like that. Um, you know, some of that stuff can be used abusively um and then there's sometimes like there's just like weird touches and like sometimes it's just it it's seen as casual in society sometimes and that's just like usually not okay um obviously so but again i'm going to read this article and we're going to go through that stuff so um cuz that's part of brendan fraser's story a little bit is someone who was like in hollywood doing like a sexual joke something that maybe that they that they did In college or like when they were younger and they thought that they could just do it to another male, that it was like a socially accepted thing to just randomly do to a dude. And no, that's abusive. It's like, it's like assuming that because baseball players hit each other on the butt that you can just go up to a dude and say, nice work and hit him on the butt. Like that's, that's still sexual abuse. That's not okay. So anyway, Let's read this article. Sex education leaves memories and the memories that last. Everybody has a story on the eclectic curriculum that they offered. Um, the epiphanies they had. And I, I can't recall my eighth grade teacher's name, but I remember the venereal disease slideshow, a classmate who claimed that a woman's breasts stiffen when she's aroused. And the time we had a sexual assault hotline operator show up to explain what rape is, she impressed upon us the sheer atrocity of these crimes, as well as the long-term damage endured by victims. Well, into this lecture, she informed us that men can be victims too, and started giving examples. When she she then arrived at an anecdote that changed her whole demeanor. Uh, it can—it was about a man whose girlfriend handcuffed him during their bed, uh, to their bed, and started inserting foreign objects into his rectum painfully and against his protests. As a woman, as the woman listed the items used, including a pencil, she was taken a, she was taken by a giggling fit. I'm sorry, she gasped. It's not funny. I shouldn't laugh. But she did, and so did the class. I cannot forget the queasy jolt this laughter gave me. It was clear that although we had to be grimly mature in discussing the terrifying abuse and violence women face, a man suffering that way could be viewed as a weird exception. If not an outright absurdity, he's a punchline. Um, And I'm going to stop here because it's – again, this article reads – As if it's, and I'm pretty sure this guy's perspective is very much like, well, men too, which sounds a little antagonist towards women. And that is, I want to separate his intent from my intent. That's all I'm saying. Um, But I I do agree with the notion that there are a lot of male jokes about male sexual abuse, and it is seen as like a laugh, like like a man's butthole is like a joke. And um, you know, me saying that, saying it that way is obviously a joke. Like you maybe laughed at that. But like, we talk about things like, like prison rape, and that's a butt of a joke. That's a punchline, right? And that's typically in reference to men to male, male to male sexual abuse and physical rape, and that's horrific. But somehow we found a way to make that a joke. So we're going to continue here. Uh, There are many reasons why victims of harassment or physical abuse don't always come forward right away. Depending on factors too numerous to mention, women will, of course, be pillared and threatened by corrupt institutions and misogynistic trolls for daring to accuse a man. But these antagonists start from the assumption that she's making it up or actually to blame. With a man, you can acknowledge the incident as reported. We have no problem trusting a man's version of reality while still brushing it off as a joke. This is happening right now to actor Brendan Fraser. Again, it sounds like he's being antagonistic towards the women's experience and I think I think it it reads a little weird, but that's again, their opinion, my opinion. Um, this is happening right now to actor Brandon Fraser, who in February went public with an allegation that Philip Burke, a one-time president of a powerful Hollywood Foreign Press Association, groped his buttocks and poked his perineum in Fraser's telling, his quote unquote, taint. For those who don't know, that's the thing between, like, the butt and the balls. Uh, even wiggling a finger around in the sensitive area. This was in 2003 in a crowded area of the Beverly Hills Hotel in public view. The violation had Frazier overcome with panic and fear. Though Burke gladly related the uh, the episode in his memoir, leaving out the finger part and characterizing the ass grab as a playful pinch. The HFPA promised to investigate Fraser's claims. Three months later, they showed him their proposed follow-up statement. It read in part, although it was concluded that Mr. Burke inappropriately touched Mr. Frazier, the evidence supports that it was intended to be taken as a joke and not as a sexual advance. Again, it happened. Everyone agrees it happened, but well, it doesn't count because a man touching another man inappropriately can only be a gay come on or a good humored good humored bonding behavior. So this is me talking again. But the good bonding, the good humored bonding behavior is actually what I was referencing at the top of the show. Is just that like butt slap, that mooning, the touching, the farting, the the slap on the balls, like that sort of thing. Like all based on sexual, good humored bonding behavior. And it simply doesn't first of all it doesn't translate translate to adulthood. And second of all, it's just not appropriate anytime. So it's kind of weird. That's a cultural thing, I think, personally. And it's, it's a common bullying thing, too. Not just a sign of affection. Like, there's plenty of ways that you can show physical male roughhousing type of affection and, like, quote-unquote alpha moves without, like, involving someone's genitalia. It's kind of the same. I don't know. It feels like the same measure of, like, trying to compare dick sizes. <laughs> like, you're trying to make yourself... Feel better by physically dominating the other person um, in le- in more trivial, jokey kind of ways. But I think that's, again, like a societal thing that we've made it all a joke and therefore people don't see it as harassment, but it's a joke, but it, because it's quote unquote a joke um, back to reading the article. Since the HFPA ruled out the former, uh, it had to be the latter. This homophobic binary conveniently omits the potential for psychological intimidation or control, the pure quote-unquote alpha move, as it were. You know, uh, Yet we know this power imbalance is the dark center of countless hashtag MeToo stories, even when the victims are men. The actor Anthony Rapp recalled, when, um, when just 14 years old and younger looking than that, Uh, how a 26 year old Kevin Spacey picked me up like a groom's, like a groom picks up a bride over the threshold and pressed him down on a bed, arms tightened around his body until he was, uh, until he was able to squirm away. Spacey's now infamous response attempted to paint a scene of unfortunate drunken buffoonery, then pivoted to quote unquote, reveal his sexual orientation in order to deflect from the disturbing particulars of Rapp's account. He became an instant me too casualty, but we never quite reckoned with his choice to target and trap a kid in India where child rape has reached epidemic proportions. It is this exact unwillingness to confront a taboo, same sex dynamic, which deepens the crisis while rapist of girls under 12 years old can receive the death penalty. There's no equivalent law concerning assault on boys. Um, Frazier has rejected the HFPA ruling and declined to sign the would be joint statement saying, I don't get the joke. He was not allowed to read the report of the investigation or obtain information as to how they reached the conclusion they did. Burke confirmed that to date, he remains a voting member of the association and has not been disciplined by the leadership in any way that, um, This is all familiar enough, thrown into the spotlight by a Me Too article, the organization that always turned a blind eye to these problems craves a return to the status quo. It therefore pretends to police itself quietly and with rather opaque methods, delivering a verdict that ensures nothing will change. Addressing Fraser's dissatisfaction with their favorite spin, the HFPA nonetheless fed the media a denial of wrongdoing, citing their "quote unquote" need to abide by the investigation's finding that the exchange with Burke was not an intended sexual advance. "End quote." Still, they insist they insist the relative gayness of the groping is sole metric. Is the sole metric for determining harm. Still, they ignore the countless non-sexual implications, professional or per- or personal, of such an encounter. Their job was never to assess whether Burke wanted to sleep with Fraser, and still, the statement rests on assuredness of Burke's gen- geniality. Missing this time, however, was the critical word that drew Fraser's attention in the original draft. "Quote unquote joke," um, which to me, as Christian Rivera again. <laughs> It reminds me of like the same thing that people say when they make a racist joke and they say like, I'm not racist so I can say this joke. It gives me the permission. And same thing that, you know, these straight men say, I'm not gay. So it's just a joke. I'm not making a sexual advance. And, it's it's just it's just no different, like using the excuse of a joke doesn't make it any less wrong, especially if the other person is not going along with it, obviously. Um, that word carried an awful I'm reading the article again. that word carried an awful weight. It said that while women are to be permitted in a small degree their righteous anger at predatory men of influence, victimized men have a duty to reframe the same trauma as homosocial horseplay. The to not add that's the word that I was looking for homosocial horseplay. Um, to not add, not uh, what did I say before? <laughs> I don't remember. Um, to not add fuel to the fire when it's already burning hot. To get over it because men are tough, resilient, unemotional. That joke, quote unquote, bore the stain of YouTube dude world in which any transgression in theoretically. is is theoretically undone with the desperate magical phrase, quote unquote, it's just a prank, bro. It alludes to a history of movies and TV shows that take the tragedy of prison rape as an opportunity for lighthearted innuendo to the casual sadism of college hazing ceremonies and teen boys who make a sport of half malicious, half affectionate, quote unquote, nut taps. Exactly what I was talking about. They told Fraser to overrule his visceral understanding of what was no doubt an attempt to dominate and demean him. The hunky leading man is a, is a, is a hunk of meat owned in full by Hollywood's behind-the-scenes brokers and tell the story or tell the world it was funny. This is how we victim blame men, not for drinking too much or wearing the wrong clothes or seeking salacious fame, but for not playing along when another guy crosses the line. The villains here invoke the same fraternity of silence that gaslights and suppresses female victims. Terry Crews, an actor with a Me Too story, probably the, one of the most, the most famous at the moment, much like Fraser's, uh, shared an email from the music producer, Russell, Russell Simmons, who advised him to get his abuser, quote unquote, to give his abuser, quote unquote, a pass as if the assault had happened to someone else unknown to either man. And then in a way non-existent to do so would have reinforced the toxic assumption that men are invulnerable to these attacks, that to be a victim is essentially to be a woman. Uh, and um, which is insulting on a million levels, right? So, to to women to the males oh, it's just there's just so many things to break down there um this is the and and you know again to kind of defend the writer too because at the top it sounds a little weird but it's it's assuming that women are weaker right and for men to be called a woman or being reduced to a woman is like an alpha move right so it's insulting on all levels is essentially what it's all about and Essentially what the writer is trying to say is that, you know, you know, men, male abuse shouldn't be ignored as much as we want to empower women and lift them up. You know, it's, it's truly about equality. It includes everyone, right? It's not about victimizing women or men. It's about making sure that everyone is being treated with as much fairness as possible. And that does include men. So, um, There's three more paragraphs here. I'll just finish it and kind of give my final thoughts. Um, This is the, like I'm on Jerry Springer or something. This is the unelectable or in ineluctable. I've never heard that word. This guy is like just starting to use big words now. This is the ineluctable terminus of the archaic gender essentialism that says, Jesus, if you're not strong enough to swallow your suffering, you're not a man. The courage Cruz and Fraser have shown in their willingness to drill through that and the danger they present to the establishment is the revelation that rape culture hurts everyone, not just women. Uh, being who they are, saying what they say, they dissolve the argument that Me Too is no more than a hysterical quote unquote witch hunt or propaganda cooked up by radical feminists. They don't fit the reactionary narrative. If we're shocked that tall, well-muscled, manly stars are instantly diminished and humiliated by predators in high places and stayed silent for years, that's a measure of how we overrate their bodies and undervalue their inner lives, all in the name of destructive destructive gender norms. If we regard these counter, encounters as implausible, since they don't result in an explosion of stereotypically masculine rage, uh, parentheses, why didn't he just punch the guy in the face? Then... The guilty parties will easily discount them as unreal, but the accused doesn't set the meaning of their offense. And it's detestable to use the specter of homosexuality to influence our reading, whether Spacey trots out his identity for sympathy or Burke tells the HFPA that he grabbed Fraser's butt without stirring an arousal. At a crossroads of, for sexual politics where belief is invaluable, doubt is the most dangerous weapon. And the male code dividing quote-unquote gay from quote-unquote no homo is a smokescreen that creates it. Don't let these excuses for inexcusable distract from the Me Too men's united message. No one is immune to abuse nor to the shame and hopelessness that come with it. And no one will can be expected to bury that to bury that for anyone, bury, bury, whatever, to bury that for anyone. So, um, damn. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's a really, um, it's a powerful article. I think it can be, I can see how it could be triggery for some women who read it because it sounds like it might be diminishing the, female movement, but I think it's a a part of making sure that we're including men who are both suffering, but men who are also doing their best to stand up for women and to, uh, to see the realities of life and gender norms and how that's affecting society as a whole is, um, is really an issue. And I really just talk about it on this show because I think it's important to consider and think about when we're thinking about our lives and our daily lives and what we go through and, male expectation with one another. Usually male-to-male abuse of any kind, sexual or uh, mental, emotional, is all about male dominance and really societal dominance. Male-to-women and male-to-male is all about um, control and dominance, that quote-unquote feeling of alpha. And usually that feeling of alpha comes from a sense of insecurity. You're feeling like you as a person are not worth it on your own. So you have all of these other things. In the case of these executives, they have all this money, they feel like they have this power, they need to project that power. So they feel like they can just do whatever they want. And sometimes that means they have to test those boundaries. And testing that boundary it results in that kind of sexual abuse. And then they go to their lawyers, and they feel like they have all the power to get away with whatever they can. Because then they can just say like, Oh, I was just you know, I was just joking. I'm not actually physically aroused by him. So therefore it's not a thing or, you know, Kevin Spacey came out as being gay. So therefore it just kind of tried to diminish the fact that he did that to a 14 year old kid. Like that's like, none of that makes any sense. Right. So, and, and I really want to bring to light and hopefully bring to light a little bit more in a future episode, the sort of playful, things that we kind of dismiss as normal. Again, like at the top of the article, he mentioned that, you know, the, the concept of male rape or male, uh, the, the rape of males and anything having to do with men sexually can be a joke. Like, you know, uh, there's it's <laughs> this is a very loose connection, but there's like that Muppet movie coming out soon. That is like this Muppet comedy. It's like the, the, what is it? The happy time murders. I think it's called. And it is like just the most low hanging fruit comedy. Just terrible. I feel bad for Miss Melissa McCarthy. Cause she's better than this, but there's the one scene in the trailer where like the male puppet is just like ejaculating everywhere. And you think about like American pie and you think about that. And like the male sexual experience is a joke and it's just, it's kind of fucked. Right. And it leads men to just kind of like make jokes about men and just diminish them in terms of feeling like valuable human beings for their sexual prowess. Um, if that makes any sense at all, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's, you know, if we're truly trying to move towards a world that feels a little bit more equal opportunity, there's a lot of that shit we have to let go of. And it's hard to do that with just this mealy, measly podcast. I have issues with, you know, alpha male bullshit all the time. Um, I'm going to do definitely going to do another episode in the future about toxic, toxic masculinity and, um, the perceptions of what it is to quote unquote be a man, and um none of this male to male abuse abusing men making quote unquote no homo jokes and doing all sorts of like you know jokey male sex on male and male sex things um is is abusive and unwarranted and unwanted so um that's kind of the bulk of it I just wanted to i mean all of this is like there's a lot of social commentary here. So it's a little bit divergent from mental health, but at the same time, there are a lot of issues that men are facing because of mental health. A lot of men are facing issues of feeling diminished. They're feeling, they feel weak um, because they have men in their lives, their fathers, their uncles, their cousins, their friends, bosses that are trying to beat them down for the sake of their own insecurity to make themselves feel better and honestly you know as men we need to do what we can to stand up for ourselves and um realize that we are not tolerant of abuse either and we will not accept it and no one is immune like you i mean it's kind of <sighs> As terrible as it all is, it's kind of great that it's starting with these Hollywood executives because these are the people that feel like they are the most immune to any kind of consequence. And if we can break through that barrier and see that democratively, we can help uh, uh, be exposed to these issues and – be aware that no one can get away with this stuff, then it's going to make the everyday person feel like they can stand up for themselves and find ways to protect themselves from this sort of thing as well. So, cause there's stuff like this that happens all the time. But again, men, we feel like because of society, we need to be stoic. We can't show our emotions. We can't, um, that it wouldn't be taken seriously if we had to go to our, boss and say that our boss was sexually, that, that one of our other bosses was sexually abusing us or making advances or making a lot of homophobic jokes or, um, you know, made a weird physical touch or something. And, um, you know, it's, it's hopefully we can continue to move the needle to make that stuff be taken seriously. So that's all I'm saying. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. (laughs) It's kind of a weird thing to say after talking about an episode about male to male abuse. But um, hopefully this was something that made you think. And that's the point of this show is like, I want you to think about it. I don't have to, you don't have to change an opinion. You don't have to change a view. You don't have to read the article or anything like that um, and have the same opinion for the most part it's for the most part, I'm not even approaching it as an opinion. This is like an objective thing. Like male to male abuse is not cool. And, um, and I want to separate that. I want to separate that idea from an opinion. So that's the difficulty I have on the show is like, I'm trying to not talk about things that are solely about my opinion. It's my opinion. Doesn't matter. I'm trying to help you be curious. I want you to think about these things. I want you to be aware that these things are happening in the world, that people are experiencing stuff going through this stuff. And, um, these are all challenges that we face as entrepreneurs, as people who are trying to create things, as we're trying to have businesses as we're trying to raise families, we're trying to connect with other men as fathers in other settings. Like we're going to have to come across people that we don't necessarily naturally want to be around, but we have to be prepared to protect ourselves in moments that might have misogynistic elements to them. So that's it. All right. Uh if you want to support the show, the we now have listener support on dopamine.life and you can donate ninety-nine cents, four ninety nine, or nine ninety-nine a month to the show if that is something you feel like you would love to do. I would absolutely appreciate it. It would help me continue to do this show. Um, especially you got all that money in the world, like i love it. You just throw it a little bit my way, that'd be great. And um and if you want to join our Facebook group with which we have uh, mental health support for creatives there uh, it is dopamine And also go check out my other show called super MBTI, which is super Myers Briggs, turbo EX anchor. FM slash super MBTI. Go check that out. If you're interested in Myers Briggs talk, uh, that's it for today. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, show the man in your life that you love them respectfully and give some love. And forget that, you know, men, we have emotions, we have things that we're experiencing, we have things that we've dealt with, uh, that we haven't dealt with, because society doesn't allow us the room to deal with them. And we push through and we're stoic, and we don't have a lot of room to deal with it. So, you know, ask questions, be there for your, your mate, your partner, and your kids, your fathers, your cousins, your uncles, like, We're all people. We're all dealing with things. We all have emotions and we all want things and we just want a better life. So uh, take care of yourselves and each other and I'll catch you next time on dopamine.